Welcome back, everyone, to the Mind If I Crash podcast, season two, episode two, double deuce, baby. My guest today has probably won your heart over at some point or another, and from the young age of just eight years old, this man made the baseball diamond his second home, winning Lorain County Mr. Baseball in 2014 and going on to play D1 at Bowling Green University. He has traveled all over the country showcasing his skills. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Justin Mott. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you, T? Good, good. So for anyone listening at home, just so you are aware, uh, this was a dinner party turned podcast. So if you pick up any background noise, uh, there's some mingling going on in the background. Uh, We're going to try to limit that, but... Here we are. So if you hear us yelling at the wives out there, you, you know what you know what it is. You know what time it is. So I want to get right into it because it's not every day. Actually, it's been never in the history of this show that I've actually had a, a, a true athlete on the show. So thank you for being here. And obviously, I know I was going to have you on eventually. Uh, when that was going to happen, didn't think it was going to be tonight. Hey, not um, a problem, not a problem. So... I want to just get right into it onto, you know, your early days of playing sports. Um, as long as I've known you and for anyone listening at home, we've known each other, what, six years old, young, yeah, young kids, young. Um, grew up together and we'll get into that later in the episode. But I want to know at a young age, um, y- you were one kid that was always ripped up. I mean, you had a six pack at six years old. Most children don't have that. Um, uh, so playing sports what what was it that you enjoyed most at that age and and how did you kind of find your calling i mean i started uh my dad actually started me young i uh he told me at 2 years old i always wanted a dirt bike i always wanted to race dirt bikes since every sunday my dad would take me to the dealer the dirt bike dealership down the road and he said when i could ride a pedal bike without training wheels he would buy me a dirt bike and uh, we would go every Sunday, go just to sit on them. That was what I wanted to do. So we would, at two years old, he, my dad and I would go sit on dirt bikes every Sunday. That was our thing. And he uh, he said, when you can ride a pedal bike without training wheels, I'll buy you a dirt bike. So, I mean, we'd go to my grandma's house Sunday night for dinner every Sunday for 20 years until they moved to Florida. Right. And one day, my dad took the training wheels off and said, if you ride it, I'll buy you a bike next week. You and were determined. I was two and a half years old, and I rode a pedal bike down the road without training wheels Dude, by myself. You were uh, you were somewhat of like a freak of nature when it came to talent like that. Like I don't know any other two year old that can do that shit. It, it was I, 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 some things just come natural to me. I guess it's like I mean that sounds kind of cocky, but it's it's your it's, it's the reality. Yeah, like I just I I I can just do it. Like people, someone shows me something in person. I can, I can, I'll either do it right then and there or I'll perfect it to be able to do it. Right. You're going to go home and figure out how to do it and you're coming back better. Yeah. I get that for sure. Um, and, and honestly still to this day, I mean, that's like a huge influence on your life. Um, a lot of your friends, uh, you know, the, the things you guys do, I still love the dirt bike, ATV, anything off road you're all about. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you got your first bike, um, you start racing there shortly after? Yeah, we started racing when I was four, so I got a bike at, let's say, two and a half, three years old. We started racing at four, and that was my life until I was 10 years old, 11 years old, traveled around all over and raced dirt bikes, and then I started playing baseball when I was like seven or eight years old, and that was just something to do, like my dad's like you need to play a team sport you can't just race all the time so 
we played baseball and I started out playing t-ball and my dad wasn't the coach I played for another guy and like every time you hit a home run or you scored you got a star on your hat I know you probably remember that mm-hmm. Tristan absolutely and uh at like halfway through the year they had to get me another hat you had too many bags. my hat was full <laughs> so I had to get another hat and after the season was over the t-ball coach comes up to my dad and he's like he can't play here next year my dad's like why he's like he needs to go play with kids that are just as good as him or better than him my dad's like well where is that like we never right, played baseball before bro. you don't fucking yeah. know so my dad found a team out of lorraine the young guns and i was seven years old playing nine u i love that dude I, those are some of my favorite times yeah. of just going there with you yeah you did you were a fucking baller so young and i forget oftentimes that you were playing up two full years yeah so For, how was your how was your experience with that team because you love that team oh yeah it uh, there i still have best friends that from eight years old now i still talk to yeah a bunch of them and uh i mean i sat with ac at your wedding uh-huh. yeah. we sat together yep yeah it's it was i mean it was different we traveled i mean we went from as far as south haven mississippi with that team i was 10 years old and we were playing in oh, mississippi where it was places. 110 degrees while we were playing kids were passing out left and right but i mean it was it was good for me i think that's what made me better was playing to like playing up from what i was mm-hmm. so like i played with that team all the way up until four, 12 u so from i was eight years old playing or seven years old playing eight or nine u and then once we got to so you were probably u, 10 yeah so once we got to that team was 12 years old and i was yeah well no once i was 12 years old they were 14 i okay. switched teams that's when I went to PB Baseball. And, yeah, which is a powerhouse, yeah, too. Yeah, and I started playing with my own age group, and it was like, my dad's like, How, like you're going to have to end up playing with your own age group now. Mm-hmm. Like, all the guys you were playing with are going to go to be in high school here pretty soon. <laughs> right, or they they are a freshman. Yeah. Like, that's literally their last year of playing. What was that, hot stove? What was, it was Young like, Guns? So, back in the day, it was called CVBA. Okay. It was like a hot stove team, but... Mm. It was a different affiliation, I would say. Right. Um, so, all around that same time, um, you're you're playing other sports as well, and that's obviously we've known each other for forever, mm-hmm. but we hadn't played sports together until it came down to CYO football. Yeah. And we're playing with the Trojans, and we went to every game together. Yeah. Like I remembered, like that was some of my favorite memories was us in the back seat with like our iPod nanos <laughs> and you always always used to hand me one headphone when uh here comes the boom Nelly remix yep. would come on and we would get hype Absolutely. dog I'm talking hype Absolutely and do you remember those YouTube videos we watched of that little who was that kid do you remember who I'm talking about he oh. used to truck motherfuckers Yeah the, he, he, it was a little, little white black boy. kid or no, no little, oh, little white white kid playing yeah. with a bunch of black kids Yeah and though. it was that song yes, every time yeah I do it, remember dude. that It was such a hype video uh, dude, I gotta find that out. Actually, here I'm gonna give you the MacBook. Look that up on Google and try to find out what what video that is, just so we can name drop that kid, so okay. anyone at home can watch that. But yeah, I mean, because I didn't start playing with the Trojans until we were thirteen. Because you played, Pop or, no, Warner it was it would have been it would have been sixth grade because we were going into seventh grade the year after, and we had ended up playing Amherst football because okay. I was playing in Illyria. I was playing Pop Warner football in Illyria because right. my dad said, if you want to play football. Smash mouth football. Yeah, my dad said, you're going to go play with the boys. Right. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm like, dad, I'm 
I'm four eight, a hundred or ninety eight pounds soaking wet, and I'm a running back in Illyria. He's Dang. like, if you want to be fast, you're going to be fast here. They toughened you up oh, too. Oh, absolutely. They turned you into a head cracker. And dog. people hated playing against us when we played when we were on the Trojans because I was a running back, you were a lineman, Logan yep. and Derek were the fullbacks, and, and Jake Schneed as a finesse tight end, yeah. dude. We were just putting shit down. Yeah, we we hammered people, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I mean, shit. I remember our season would end far after any other team we knew were playing and we'd be on St. Ignatius's field or St. Ed's field yeah. fucking playing for some stu- like giant trophy, you yeah, know? Yeah, because people hated playing against us because they knew what play we were going to run, but we scored about yeah, but, 85% of the time we ran that play. What's amazing is like at that age, it all comes down to talent. And when you find the right amount of talent and a team like that with the chemistry, because we all were from the same neighborhood. If we weren't from the same neighborhood, we were best friends with you know, Jake Schneid, Aaron Kelly. We were all best friends, so they would just hang out in our neighborhood all weekend. Absolutely. We would we would fucking play backyard football. We would basically essentially run the same plays. It was <laughs> it was like three plays and we only needed those three. Well we plays only to ran score. the same plays because Derek played with us all the time. His dad was the coach, exactly. so we had all the plays. We knew so the we playbook. Knew the playbook. If it came down to like a third and long, we would just up it to Jake Schneid <laughs> and he was fucking Odell Beckham at that age. You know he was coming down with some shit. It was insane to me. Um, so yeah, you get to PB and like, so for like me on the outside looking in, I always knew once you, like, once you got there and I realized what level you were, you were truly playing at with kids your own age, I knew that you were going to go somewhere. I knew that that was going to take you somewhere. Um, and I'm, and you knew that too, I yeah. think at that, at that age did, was one of your coaches affiliated in at any point in his career with the MLB or the NCAA or something so when I so that my the team I played with that was we were called PB baseball we ended up getting hooked up with an affiliation called Northern Ohio Baseball Club and the head coach at Northern Ohio Baseball Club was Dave Pastures and he was the head coach at Liberty University which is in Virginia it's a college Mm -hmm. and he coached there for like 10 years he ended up leaving there and started his own thing and i used to take catching lessons with him at uh or where was it at? we were in westlake it was a, a it was a building in westlake that i One used of them to do facilities yeah. yeah i would do catching lessons with him and then he got me hooked up with pb baseball and then pb baseball the whole team ended up going over to northern ohio so that's where i played from the time i was 14 until i went to college right right um and then I remember, obviously, I liked baseball, but I, I didn't have that raw talent like you. So I played a lot of city ball. But the good thing is, is like Justin is such a humble dude that like he would come and support my city league games, uh, knowing damn well, like he, he could have went in there and thrown a no hitter, <laughs> done whatever he wanted and still punished whatever team we would have been playing. Uh, and I remember like a few times. Uh, you would think it'd be funny to fuck around and call me while I was on the field. <laughs> I was just about to talk yeah, about that. Dude, and this this asshole, I want to know what you were thinking because you would call me religiously and like have me on speakerphone with like your family or the friends around like, hey, you out, you out on the field? I'd be like, yeah, bitch, I'm in the outfield. Like, what the fuck are you calling me? You're like, because I think it's funny. <laughs> well, I, the one time I called you, we were at a tournament. I think we were in Indianapolis and I called you and I'm like, what are you doing, T? And he's like, you you said... 
I'm in the outfield. I'm taking a piss right now. Yes. And I'm like, no, you're not. He's like, yes, I am literally taking a piss in the outfield. I'm not kidding. I'm like, why do you have your phone on you? All my friends didn't believe me that you would answer. Yeah. Oh, and you're with all your baseball. Yeah, they probably thought we were, that was legendary. We were all sitting in a hotel room because at that time we were, what, 14? Right. But and, traveling like your motherfucker in the MLB. And my dad, like, my dad told, both, both my parents smoked, so, or did at the time. My dad said, I don't want you smoking. If, you, like, I, he caught me chewing. That's what it was. He caught me chewing. He said, I don't want you smoking. So if you're going to chew, you're going to chew. You're not going to smoke. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And I'm like, well, how am I going to buy it? He goes, well, that's. You, yeah. fi- you figure it out. Good luck. So I would always have Chew, and we would go on road trips, and all the guys would come to my room because my parents didn't care. Yep. And then we were all sitting around chewing like we were smoking a blunt or something. Just, dip in. Yeah. Sitting That's around in a circle well. chewing. And we all was like, you know, I'm going to call my buddy. I think he's playing right now. I bet you he'd answer. <laughs> you would come to, like, practices sometimes, and yeah. I remember you'd fucking you, – my dad would think it'd be funny to put you in that picture. You know, <laughs> we're doing batting practice. Then it turns into a strikeout fest because no one can fucking connect to a ball. You know, and, and, and luckily you were there on behalf of me because you'd somewhat take it easy <laughs> when I got up to the bat and still look like the, the city league MVP that That's I funny. that I gladly was. I haven't thought about those memories in a long Dude, time. Dude, it's been a long fucking time. It has been. Um, and, and, and before we get into your high school and college career, you know, I, I do think it's important to, to really reiterate, like, where it is that we came from. Because in that neighborhood, being part of Hidden Valley... Like, for anyone that doesn't know Hidden Valley, it is a neighborhood that is so big it could be its own city. I mean, it's huge. Um, There's no sidewalks, uh, not a lot of traffic, but the kids run that neighborhood. Oh, absolutely. At least when we were that age. The KOB. KOB, The kids on bikes. And and you'd see them coming. You'd just have to get the (laughs) fuck out the way. Let's go. Um, But we really formed like a, a a brotherhood at that point yeah. you know um and we all had family that lived in the neighborhood so our families became families and then our parents became friends and still to this day i mean my mom was just here you're out there talking to her yep you know it's it's crazy if we were to get all those people together and when we do get all those people together the memories and the stories that come up because i don't think like I know for a fact kids today don't get those memories. No, because like our parents, my mom and dad had a bell on the porch. And my mom, when it was dinner time, none of us had cell phones. Right. My mom would ring the bell and I lived 10 streets away from where we would play football at or be hanging out somewhere and you'd hear it. Right. Logan, Mahar's like, right, mom would, go. Logan Mahar's mom would whistle and you mm-hmm. could hear it for miles. And that's and, and, and I just think it's because kids aren't playing outside yeah. like that anymore. Um but from sunup to sundown and like hands down, some of the funnest memories of my life are those those summers where we were just always, always, always outside uh, during the day. It was always we were playing sports. And then at night we'd be on our bikes yeah. just like doing stupid shit, terrorizing the neighborhood, terrorizing the neighborhood, putting blocking off roads, the, with, the street with cones. cones and all the parents are drinking in the driveway. Right. We go back there. They're like, what are you guys doing? Oh, we put cones in the road and yeah. this car, this dude's pissed. A car would hit it and get into an accident. We'd be like, oh shit, <laughs> you know, but it's like, it's like moments like that. And then like just growing up, even into high school, um, you know, we would still use our neighborhood to our advantage, going to, going to the, to the park, going to township, using that for football fields. Um, once we started driving, parking down there, skating, 
uh, just doing all kinds of shit. It's like, I, I hope that kids will start to yeah. take advantage. We of We went that. on a longboard kick there for a minute. Yeah, we did. You yeah. and I went to Lakewood and bought friggin' longboards. And I think we used them what like for a month. Yeah, yeah. It was just <laughs> <If> that <laughs> longboard was just like one thing. It wasn't. I don't just don't think it was for me being a skater. <laughs> like we were, we skateboarded for a long time, so it was just it wasn't the move. But it's still a cool concept. Um, so going in your high school career, um, you know, you've, I'm not going to say you've perfected your craft, but you're definitely a, a high performing athlete going into high school. Um, tell me what that was like, you know, your freshman year. And then as the years progressed, you know, I know, I know the coaches wanted you on the team. I, I don't think they would have taken no for an answer, Yeah. but how was that for you? Going into like my freshman baseball season at Amherst, I, they knew, I was coming in and I'd talk to the coaches and they knew what summer team I played for and what platform I was playing at. Like we were traveling all around the country playing in like big tournaments every single weekend. And my parents didn't even go to the tournaments half the time because we didn't have the money to be able to fly me to like fly me to Arizona or fly me to Florida three times a year to play. So like I was very fortunate that my summer coach, my one summer coach, he, uh, he would take me where like he had an RV and I would just jump in the RV with him and we would go. And my dad would give me be like, here's 200 bucks, make it last all week or all weekend, whatever right. you got to do. And I'm like, all right. So, I mean, I did that for shit. I mean, some of the tournaments, if my dad could get off, my mom could get off, they would be there. But a lot of the big ones that would be like during the week, like a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday tournament, like my dad couldn't get off work. Right. Like he worked nights. So, I mean, it wasn't possible for him. My mom would go sometimes, but we were we were lucky to have good families that always travel with us. Like if my parents could go and another family couldn't go, we would take that right, kid with right. us. And that's how you, I mean, shit, your family would, would look out because think about it. When, when I was traveling with you guys... I had brothers that were young. Oh yeah, they couldn't just be taking young kids to the to the football field every Absolutely. week. Absolutely. So I de- I definitely understand yeah. that. And even our freshman year in high school, we used to all carpool. Mm-hmm. It was like what three, four people yeah. parent yep. taking us to school every day. Yeah, but like getting into high school, I the coaches knew what like how they didn't they've never seen me play or some of them did because they they umpired some of them did some of the coaches and uh, I mean I came in as a freshman and. I guess like you sh- you could say like there was like hype on me to perform, mm-hmm. so that was a little like nerve wracking going in. Like I'm good with pressure, but it was everyone like all the upperclassmen in high school. I'm a freshman that is supposed to be performed to a standard that they're at. Right, they want you at a senior level. Yeah, like as a I'm freshman. Like Griffin Weir pitched at Stanford. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you got guys in there that are going to college to play baseball. There was probably four or five of us that from the time I was a freshman until I graduated that all went either division one or division two. Yeah. You guys so, were fucking amazing. You guys were a, a, a great lineup, but like coming in, they, the head coach Al McConney came out to me and he's like, you, you know, you're not going to make varsity as a freshman. And I was like, yeah, I get it. I'll play JV. Did you know that? I played four games on JV and then I got pulled up to varsity. Okay. Cause and, I was going to say, I, I know you and I know you're not taking no for an answer. And I, I went up to varsity as a – they brought me up, and I played shortstop. Austin Waltz was a shortstop. And I remember that. something happened, and they needed a shortstop, so I got pulled 
and I ended up playing. I played shortstop. I can I can remember to this day my first game I ever played on varsity was at Olmstead Falls. Austin Waltz messed yeah. up, did something. I don't know what happened, and they threw me at shortstop. Yeah, I haven't played. I, I haven't played shortstop in like ten years. Before that, like I, said, I'm not a shortstop. Full send. I'm a catcher. I I caught. I played right or left field. I pitched and I played third. That was it. I never played short. Now, were you just so excited to play varsity as oh, a freshman? Yeah. You didn't give a fuck. No, it was you gonna make it happen. But it was like, at that time, it was like the level of competition I was playing every weekend, like traveling around the country playing the top teams in the country. So like it, it wasn't like the level of play wasn't different, but it was just the sole fact that I was a freshman playing on varsity. Right. Right. Uh, and I'm sure other teams picked up on that, and other teams probably started to super hate. Um, how often were you running into dudes that you played with from other teams, like now on their high school team? Was that something that was happening often? Yeah, it was. It would happen not as much as you think. Like a lot of guys that I played with in summer ball, they all went to like private schools, like Ed's Ignatius, uh, Walsh Jesuit, stuff like that. Like their families had money and. I could have went, I took the test to go to Ignatius and Ed's and Walsh and Holy Name. And my dad's like, I'm not paying for you to go to high school if I got to pay for you to go to college. That shit's he mad goes, expensive. He goes, you can pick. He goes, I can either pay for you to go to high school or pay for you to go to college. And I was like, I'll go to Amherst. I'm like, we'll be good. And we beat every single prep school we played. That's funny as hell. We never lost to a prep school the whole time I was in high school. Ed's or Ignatius or Walsh or anyone. I didn't. I, I guess I didn't even know yeah. that. Damn. We never lost to a prep school. Well, fuck them then. Um, going on, you know, progressing more and more. Um, when did you? When did you really start to fill into your to your spot as catcher? Because obviously that's that's what that's what you know kind of paid the bills. Well, I started catching when I was. I think I started catching when I was twelve, and. It, from there, it just escalated. They, I never wanted to catch. I hated catching at first. I never, I did not like it at all. But my coach at the time was a catcher in college, and he coached at Liberty University. And he's like, "You are, you don't have the body type to be a catcher, but you throw the ball so hard that your pop times from home to second are lightning fast. There, it's he's like, it's a no brainer, mm-hmm. but you just don't have the body size, so." you have to be quick to compensate for the body size being a catcher. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm like, if I'm going to play, if I want to play, like this is a position I'm going to have to play at. So did he kind of just, it's, the good thing is, is like, I remember you talking about wanting to go to college as soon as you went to that team. Now, fast forwarding to you're in high school and now it's your, your time to really show yourself. Did you kind of just assume like, that's, that's my way. That's my way out. That's that's what I need to do. That's what I need to perfect to get that scholarship. Well, when I got to high school, like all summer long, when I played summer ball, I would catch. I never mm. not. That's all. I would catch and pitch. That was it. I would close for my summer team. I would pitch. Like when I would come in to pitch, it would be in the top of the seventh or the bottom of the sixth. Late innings. I would right. throw one inning and that's it. I would catch the whole game and throw one inning. And then I'd go into high school and. I would play shortstop, third, second, I'd pitch, and I'd catch. Mm -hmm. So I always had arm problems because it's a different throwing motion for every position. So my arm always hurt. And I told my high school coach at the time, I'm like, I need to stick to one position. Or I either need to catch the entire game or 
almost the whole game, and then when you need me to come in and close, I'll close. That's it. I was like, I got, like, 20 pitches in me. Right. My, my arm's going to fall off. I couldn't do, like, playing short second, like – it just it it's it takes yeah, it, it takes a toll. Much. It was bad. And you're and you're talking about playing at a different level too. Yeah. And you've been playing at a different level most of your life at that point. Yeah. So and then it would go into football that. and I was a quarterback, so like people don't like think about this stuff like you throw a baseball all year long and then you go in to be a quarterback to throw a football, it's a completely different hand motion and throwing motion. Right. And your arm can't keep up with it. Like it strains stuff out, you pull muscles like Dude, as soon as you would come off a of football field, they had you wrapped up with ice before we even hit the field house. Yeah. I mean, every single game. You know, yeah. and it's not it's not I guess to uh to an oblivious mind, maybe they're like, Oh man, like he's got a he's got a bad arm. That dude must be injury prone. No. It's actually the opposite. Yeah, it this was dude's a, just an athlete and, and my body tra- you train your body to be yeah. one way. Yep. And that's how it was, like I like in the winter time I would I'd wrestle. That was my what I did in the winter. Mm-hmm. I wrestle all the way. I wrestled all the way up until I got to high school, from kindergarten to high school, and then fall would be football, and then summer would be baseball, and then it'd start all over again. Right. So I never had a break. I never had a summer to be able to, just to be a kid. I was always yeah, gone. Right. I never could be a kid. I could never go on family vacations because our family vacations were a baseball tournament in Florida for a week. Yeah, and I remember the times where when when you would be getting ready to leave, and and it's like I, I still remember that. Like you, you're not crying, but like you'd be upset. Like we're still all playing, or we're getting ready to go ride dirt bikes, and like you have to leave. You know, I like I remember those days. Yeah. Um, and so I get it. I definitely understand where you're at that at that point in life. Um, and like it looks bad, but my first summer of college baseball like my first like we still had to play in the summer even mm-hmm. when you're in college you have to play summer ball i got a concussion like a month into the season or three weeks into the season into the summer ball season yeah into my summer ball season of my freshman year of, or no this would have been my junior year of college i got a concussion going into my senior year and my college coach shut me down and it was like i'd never felt so relieved like I had actually had a summer, right? right. I had a summer for like a month. I'm like, it's I've never had this out. before. I'm like, this is weird. What do I do? <laughs> right. But. It's it's probably good you you kept your sanity though, because yeah. I know some people that would kind of go off the deep end with something <laughs> like that. Um, so before we get into college though, I want to know. I was actually my my. I don't know if you noticed my mom's eye was all red, and she was asking me if I've ever seen someone with an eye that red, and I said not since Justin. Uh, his eye swelled up that one time <laughs> you were still in high school right you weren't in college yet no i was a freshman in high school dude walk just for anyone listening at home walk through what happened and 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 how actually like bad and nasty that was well it was one of the tournaments my parents couldn't make it because it was a thursday friday saturday tournament we were in indianapolis and i was with the one of my one of the families i was staying with them at a hotel in or indianapolis and I, my first at bat, it was, I think it was like the top of the second inning. It was the first at bat and I fouled two pitches off. I watched one go by and it was, I swung and that was the last thing I remember. It hit, I guess it hit the plate, hit the corner of the plate. The ball did. I swung and fouled it off and it hit the corner of the plate, came back up and hit me right in the eye knocked me out cold. Don't remember a single thing. Oh, I didn't know you went, you went out. Yeah, I I was out cold. I I woke up in the building there was like a hitting facility at the 
complex. I woke up in the building on a bench, and one of the fa- one of the coaches or one of the kids on the team, his dad's a doctor, and he always carried his stuff with him. He was stitching me up while I was laying on the bench. Holy shit! I split my face. I had, think I had like twelve stitches in my eye, around my eye. I like, they said I, they thought I fractured my or broke my orbital, orbital in my eye, but I ended up like badly bruising it, and it was swollen was shut. Swollen, dog. It was swollen shut for like two weeks. I've seen that with fighters before, and and the when I first saw it, I thought it was like when when like a fighter will break their nose mm-hmm. and they try to blow their nose and the blood yeah, swells. No, it was far from. But yeah. I remember. Keep definitely my dad, keep talking my about dad it. My dad was my parents were what Indianapolis is five hours from here. Mm-hmm. My dad made it to Indianapolis in like three hours and forty five minutes. Holy shit! Yeah, as soon after it happened, because after the game they took me back to the hotel and. I was sitting in the hotel and I didn't want to go to the hospital. I didn't want to go to the hospital. And the doctor on the team's like, "You need to go to the hospital." And my dad, he's like, "Your parents are on the way." I'm like, "No, they're not." And I was still like out of it. Right. And I'm like, "My dad ain't coming." I'm like, "It's five That's hours far. away. Like right. he's got to work tomorrow." Well, come to find out, my dad shows up at the hotel and I wouldn't get in the car. It took eight people to get me in the car. Why didn't I was you want to go? Because I, I, I don't like the, I don't like hospitals. I don't like doctors. I don't, were you like, afraid of finding out yeah, what might I be didn't, the case? I didn't, too? Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't want to do it. Well, come to find out, they put me in a CAT scan. And if for any of you that have never been in a CAT scan before, it's a literally, it looks like a time machine. You're yeah, sitting in this crazy. thing and it's like circling around you. And it's, I'm screaming inside this thing. And all I hear is the door open and my dad go, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then the door shut. And I, never, I never said a word. I never said a word after that. <laughs> We get out and I didn't have anything broke and they told my dad whatever and I couldn't play the rest of the weekend. It, this was f- Friday. Yeah. So this would have been Friday. My parents Fuck are both my parents up. are both up there. My sister's up there and my it was Fourth of July weekend. My all my family's at Silver Lake Sand Dunes mm-hmm. with all their trucks. So my dad's like, well, we're already in Indianapolis. Might as well go to the Sand Dunes and see them. They just pull you from the tournament. Yeah. It's not like you can. do I couldn't anything. play, so There's my dad's no like, sense we're leaving. You being fucked up and being out on the field either. Yeah, so my dad's like, I didn't get a hotel, so we're just we hightailed it to Silver Lake Sand Dunes and we did that for Fourth of July weekend. That was a, I've been there twice. Yeah, that was yeah. the first time I ever went. Yeah, that's something that definitely the family likes doing. I remember you telling me like you would look down and like the blood would fill your eye and you go blind. Yeah, I was sleeping in. I was sleeping me. in a tent. My parents were sleeping in a camper. I was sleeping in a tent with one of our good family friends, and he. I woke up in the middle of the night and there was still a fire going. I think it was probably like three in the morning, and like my eye was starting to open up again, so I could like see a little bit and uh, like just a crack. And I would look down and it would just be all the blood would rush to my eye. Yeah. And I was like freaking out and screaming. It was like three o'clock in the morning. I thought I was going blind Mm -hmm. and come to find out. It's just like all the blood was rushing to the front of my eye and it like made everything like a red haze, which is scared the shit out of me. That would scare me too. Yeah. yeah, That was something I needed you to speak on one. Ironically, it came up today because my mom and then now we're recording the show. So why not talk about it? Um, So, you're going in senior year, or maybe even junior year. When do you start getting offers from schools? Like, because dude, there was a point where like you were missing out on shit. We were trying to do as 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 high schoolers approaching the end of our high school career, where like you were going to see school, so you couldn't. So I verbally committed my in my it was my junior year of high school. I verbally committed, and so I it would have been I was doing showcases my sophomore year for colleges and. And then my junior year, I didn't play football because we traveled 
and just went to college showcases everywhere. Like any right. team that had an interest, any school that had an interest in me, we would go. Like they would invite us down, we'd go see the campus, or I would go do a workout for them, or they had a camp going on, I'd go do that. So and I didn't play football. For everything, you're good. Yeah. And so we did that, and I was actually verbally committed to West Virginia, and I went down there. I took my dad and one of our good family friends. We went to West Virginia was playing Oklahoma State at the time, and uh, we went to the. I got to go to the football game, and I got to bring two people. So I brought my dad and our good family friend, and we parked at a frat house, and it was like five bucks to park in their yard or something. And they had kegs everywhere. And my dad's like, West Virginia if, gets down, bro. My dad's like, if I'm parking here, I want a beer. And they're like, absolutely. So that was like my <laughs> first college experience was going up and yep. having a beer at a keg party. And now I got to – Geno Smith was a quarterback at West Virginia at the time. So, like, I got to stand in the tunnel while they were coming out. I saw pictures dope. on my phone. Like, it was sweet. That, that game was awesome. My dad and our good family friend got so drunk, I had to drive him back to the hotel. It was a good time. And then I they ended up switching coaches. I got a new coach at West Virginia. And I was still committed when the new coach came in. And we had just won a World Series in Cleveland. We were playing in a big tournament. And we were actually... 17 playing in an 18u tournament and we won it mm-hmm. and we uh bg was there and they saw me play and they wanted me to come down and see the campus and we i had just pitched a championship game can i ask you won. something real quick yeah go ahead. now with recruiting like that they have recruiters straight coming to you and your family yes. to speak to you correct uh essentially like something like a car salesman yeah. trying to basically sell you or on they the or they find your phone number and call you they know, like, okay. they'd somehow talk to someone to get your phone number and call you. Right. Word travels fast when yes. you're a, a hot commodity. Yeah. So, okay. like, my dad was, my dad would be, I would be playing and scouts would be walking up to my dad or, like, college coaches would be walking up to my dad, be like, is that your son at catching or pitching or well, yada yada? all they have yada. to do is look at your dad and they know that's a motherfucking <laughs> right. pappy dude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. my dad, so my dad was, like, the first one to talk to him all. My right. dad always would stand either on the, behind the backstop or he'd be standing on the line smoking cigarettes or drinking beer. Mm-hmm. It, it was. I knew where he was at all times. Right. I. I mean. I. That's like my one thing. My dad, and my grandpa. I always knew where my dad and my where my grandpa was because my grandpa always smoked cigars when I was young, and he always had a straw hat on. Yep. And my grandma and grandpa and my mom and dad were at like eighty five percent of my games of any game. Yeah. Let's just any football games. About, you hear my grandpa there. screaming. Yeah. You smell the cigar. Dude, he starts screaming at me at some points. <laughs> I'm like, damn. <laughs> Well, my grandpa coached high school football. He played college football. He, and he ran play. college track. Yeah, so, you got like, athletes in your family. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's a given. Um, you meet the you meet the recruiter from BG. Yeah, so like he calls me on the phone. We're on our way home from the tournament. Never, I never talked to him at the tournament. My dad never talked to him. Nothing. So I'm like, who's calling me? It's a 419 number mm-hmm. my dad's like that's a toledo number and i'm like why is t- like a toledo number calling me so i answer it and kind of find out it was assistant coach from bg and he's like we want you to come down we know you're verbally committed to west virginia but we want you to see the campus talk to us yada yada and i'm like all right and i was like you mind me asking like how you found me where you saw me play he's like i was just at the tournament you guys just won i watched you pitch the all seven innings and i was like oh really and we beat a team out of california they flew in and we beat that it was like team it was like team fungo or something they were called and we beat them pretty good and 
He's like, yeah, I just watched you pitch a championship game. We want you to come down. We're looking at you. I was like, what position are you looking at me for? And they said catcher pitcher. And I was like, oh, all right. Because I knew I was going to work. Yeah. And so that was on a Sunday. Wednesday, my dad got me out of school. We went down there for an official visit. And it was all done from there. West Virginia was only giving me X amount of money. And BG was doubling that money. So was it also in, 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 in. Obviously, if you don't want to talk about it, it's fine. Uh, it it comes down to a point where, like, yeah, going to West Virginia, like a well-known school for all of their sports, mm-hmm. sounds amazing. That actually sounds like a golden opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Um, still going D1. I'm, I'm assuming if they're giving you more money, that means there's more interest in you seeing a lot more time playing. Correct. And that was my biggest thing. When, at West Virginia, At West Virginia, I would have been their number three guy. Mm-hmm. At BG... I was their number two guy coming in as a freshman. Right. So I, we played 56 games that year, Your my freshman time. year. And I appeared in 37 of those 56 games. At some point I appeared and I started seven of them. Damn, that's so, way more than half. So I got to play almost more than half, the, like, I mean, half the games. I started every midweek game we had. Like mm-hmm. we'd play a nobody school during a midweek game and I would get to start the midweek game and play half the game. Yeah, and not to mention you're closer to home. I, I'm, I'm I'm assuming a lot more things. Are oh, ideal. absolutely! Like my mom was a wreck when I set out. I verbally committed to West Virginia. She's yeah. like, you're not going to be anywhere close. Like yep. you'd be five hours, six hours away. And like, and in your family, who your entire family has has pushed you and supported you through everything up until this point. Yes. Um, even for you, that's got to be hard. Yeah. To, to kind of acknowledge and accept and that brings me to my next question is once you you pack your bags you leave amherst ohio and you're now in bowling green what's that experience like one your first time away from home for real long term and two you're restarting with a team of guys that you don't really know outside of the the small rapport you build once you fully commit you know what's that like well it all starts with when I, the day I moved in. My mom and dad, my grandma, my grandma and grandpa, and the girl I was dating at the time moved me into college. Mm-hmm. And my grandpa, being the way he is, he walks up to me. There, everyone's getting ready to leave, and he walks up to me, and he had his hand in his pocket the entire time we were there. And I'm like, what? What is? I was right. just wondering what he had in his pocket. He had like a 50 pack of condoms in his pocket Jesus. and he said, you better wear these while you're here. And he <laughs> slapped it in my hand. I gave him a hug and he left. That's awesome. And so like, that's how my college started. Right. But I mean, back to your question of how, what it was like leaving Amherst to go to BG. It was, it was weird at first because I mean, you, you're coming home from practice school. I mean, you have a home cooked meal every night, like. Now I got to figure out how I'm going to eat every night, do my own laundry. Like, like I was spoiled. My mom did my laundry while I was at home. Like, she washed my pants, my baseball pants. She did everything. The football pants, pads, everything. Right. Now, guess what? I'm on my own. So now I got to figure out. I, I knew how to do laundry. I did do my laundry at some point, but when I was at home. But now, like, everything's on me. Yeah, yeah everything's on me. Your shit. It's on me to wake up to go to school every morning. Like, I don't have my sister waking me up now. Cause she was a freshman when I was a senior, so right. she would wake me up because I was her ride to school. Exactly. So now, it was, it was a good transition for me. Like I, I, I loved being at school. If mm-hmm. I could go back right now, I'd do it all over again. Yeah, 
And you you truly made the most out of yeah. out of out of college for sure. Yeah, it was it was an experience. I'll tell you that. I mean, yeah. you Tristan, you came up a couple times. Shit, I mean, you dude. were only we were up there all the two time. hours away, so right. you came up all the time. I love that shit, and I and and it's funny because like we would go out and motherfuckers just knew you, bro. Like everyone just knows. Probably because you're an athlete. Because I don't think everyone knows everyone there. It's a giant school. But, like, dude, we would go anywhere, and someone would be like, what's up, Bird? What's up, dude? And I'm like, what the fuck? This motherfucker knows everyone here. It was just, it's, like, the dorm that I lived in my freshman year was pretty much all athletes for the most part. Like, mm-hmm. they tried to put all the freshman athletes in one dorm. Which is smart. Yeah. You guys to, like, get acclimated did. with everyone. So, right. I mean, it was, when we would go out, we would be, I would either be with the older guys on the team or people that I was with in the dorm. Absolutely. Or my friends that would come up, like my best friend, my best man at my wedding went to BG. So, I mean, I was with him 80% of the time my freshman year because right. I didn't know anyone. I mean, I was pretty much on my own. It was me and Connor. Freshman year in college, you got to hold on to whatever makes you feel the slightest bit at home. Dude. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm with you on that 100%. Like everyone made fun of me because my freshman year, like my dad would come pick me up on the weekends. Like I would go home every almost mm-hmm. every weekend because I didn't know what to do with myself. Like I never been to school like i wasn't ever off on my own like having to get my own food do my laundry try and find something to do all the time like i always had friends that would call me hey let's go do this let's go do that so i remember freshman year came down i had to come down for the girl i was dating at the time to go to one of her like sorority semi-formals and I remember I'm like, fuck it, dude. I had to take a bus, dude, from there to Columbus. And then we drove. Dude, it was such a fucking hike. But I'm like, I get to see birds. So that's cool. Yeah. So we get there. We get done with the formal. Or maybe it was like I was there for two nights, whatever it I was. I think you were there. You were there Friday, Saturday, I think. Yeah. And I remember one night, like, I went to your room and we were just kicking it. Yeah. And I just remember being like, I had dude, a cool SRA my freshman year. And we, yeah. he would let, like, you weren't allowed to drink in the dorm. So he would, he would, he was a, uh, a black guy and he always cut hair uh-huh. every friday night he would cut hair so like his door would be open you go over there and get your cut and i'd be like hey you want a beer and he'd be like yeah bring me a beer i'm like all right bet <laughs> not, say no more yeah. that's your pass all night yep so he didn't care like he didn't care what we do if he had to come in the room he would text me and be like hey make sure everything's away i don't care but other ra's got to come in here and check the room too so yeah. make sure everything's put away and they just wouldn't go through your through your yeah. shit um dude i and i loved it like honestly i wish i would have went to bg because anytime i came down there it was like always like and maybe it's just the way i felt but like i always came down in the fall and that's such a beautiful campus in the fall like yeah. it, it i think that that campus was made to be a fall campus i agree yeah because it's literally in the middle of nowhere there's cornfields and bean Everywhere. fields all the way around it it's just a wind tunnel yep yeah it is in the Facts. winter time it sucked yeah and so is kent state in a, in a lot of ways i still think bg is nicer though yeah i i think bg bg you can walk everywhere kent yeah. state you can't walk everywhere BG, yeah, you, you could literally taken out. Yeah, you could literally not have a car the entire time you're in college at BG, and you'd be perfectly fine. Yeah, you'd be cool, for sure. So adjusting to a new team, how was that? It was you were a freshman all over again, and yeah. like I, I was intimidated coming in because now I'm to the point where I'm not the top dog anymore. In the everyone's got hype yes. like you every you know, person on D1 that everyone level. every person on that team is as good as you or better than you 
So that was the I can I can honestly say college any college sport if you were to go from high school thinking oh I could do anything I could go play in the MLB right now you couldn't right you had like it is so fast paced it's unreal and that's like you get overwhelmed yeah. with it it's it a lot of it is physically you know what you need to do and you you have especially at a D one level you have some of the best trainers and coaches money can buy oh, at that point so they're going to help you physically take your game to the next level but mentally you got some serious serious reflecting yes. to do because your ego plays a part so my uh, freshman you know, year the starting catcher i'm the backup catcher the starting catcher gets drafted in the 14th round of the atlanta braves like i'm trying to compete with that right as a freshman i'm <laughs> 140 pounds soaking wet and i'm a division one catcher and he's six foot 210 like like how 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 do you compete with that like i'm literally i've been told my entire life that i will never play a college sport i'll never play division one baseball i will never play division two baseball i might play division three or naia because i was too small i was always told if i was always told if you could put my arm my right arm in a 510 or six on foot, a griffin weir yeah right. 220 pound 210 pound dude i wouldn't be sitting here right now mm-hmm. tristan would be my chef somewhere in a house <laughs> facts though right a right. mansion somewhere like it's it was just the i had to beat adversity i guess you could say like i it, it was a shit show to be honest like yeah i didn't i didn't want to like people would tell me that and it would just make me like want to work harder but in a sense in the back of my mind i'm like that they're right like it's not they're not wrong yeah, yeah, but at the same time, it's like people are telling you that your whole life. Yet there you are, yeah. D one, big. Do- you're you yeah. came in as the two guy. One, he just got drafted. Yeah, so like my you know going into my sophomore year, I was a starting catcher. I started my sophomore, junior, and senior year at Bowling Green. Yep. Yeah. So I was a. I started three year, three out of my four years at BG, and you got your money's worth. You know, like yeah. well. They got their money's worth, yeah, realistically. Much. I'm still paying student loans. <laughs> right, right. I didn't get a full ride, so I'm still paying for everyone out there that thinks uh, when you go to college for a sport, they pay for everything. No, I still have student loans. Right. And not to mention, like, you have so much... When you're playing a, a sport in college at all, but especially D1, uh, there is so much expected of you from the team and from the school that it's hard to, like, do other things. Like, how are you supposed to go to school manage a job and play sports all at the same time yeah, it's, it's it's not it's not feasible like there's not one person on that team the all four years i was there that had a a job while we were at school right it's, and when you would come home you would you would get to work yeah like you would you would try to rake up as much money as you could just so that you had something yeah my parents didn't there. make it like my parents make all right money, but they don't make millions of dollars. Like they can't fund me to go to school and go out and party and spend right. five hundred bucks a weekend. Like, like half the people that go to college, kid. yeah. Right. So when I would come home for the summer, I would play summer ball for like my college summer ball somewhere in ta- like near Cleveland, mm-hmm. and I would go to work at five thirty in the morning with my dad. I worked a job like his whatever job he was at. I would would do my summer job there, so I would work with him. From 5.30 in the morning until 3, and when I got off at 3, I would go to baseball. Whether I had a game or practice for my summer bowl league, I'd get home at 11, 12 o'clock at night, wake up at 5.30 in the morning, and do it all over again. again. And and that's just to secure the bag? Yeah, that's my money. That was my money, like my play money for school. Like, if I wanted to go out and drink, my dad's like, dude, I'm not giving you money to go out and drink. Right. 
you're gonna right. if you want money to go out and drink half your paychecks going in your savings account so mm-hmm. i was going into school at the beginning of the year with like three grand right and that's what i had to spend until december or february when my tax return came around exactly and, and then you, i and you try to stay again. smart though yeah. like you always did you're probably the only motherfucker i know that bought jet skis while they're in college <laughs> like i don't know anyone that does maybe trevor lawrence is doing that right now i see he just got engaged but then you look at like you see what Le, uh, what LeBron just did in in California. Mm-hmm. What what's your input on something like that? You know, you see athletes just like yourself. Uh, they're 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 putting their not their life, but they're putting their physical being to raise millions of dollars for campuses and and just the NCAA in general or whatever it may be. Um, yet they're being compensated in in little to no way. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your take on something like that? I think that they just, like, say, I don't know, say you went to Ohio State and you played football at Ohio State. I think it's like the campus expects you or the university expects you to donate money back. Mm-hmm. Like, LeBron didn't go to college. Right. So what's LeBron got to do with – LeBron is set for life. That dude could never play another NBA basketball game ever again and still get paid – Ninety million dollars a year from Nike. Right, like, he's not only he could quit today, and not only is he good, but everyone that dude knows every, is yeah, good. Exactly. Not even just Correct. his fan. Like literally, every person he knows would be fine. Would be set for life. Correct. But like, I don't know. Maybe it's expected of LeBron. Like he has so much money, and he's so involved with a lot of stuff. Like for a man who who doesn't fuck up, you know, yeah, constantly under spotlight and somehow has never fucked up, yeah, serious enough for people to like cancel him, yeah, it's crazy. But I think that the fact that he's even trying to raise money for athletes to be compensated if they were to be injured or you know money dries up, like that's nice that college athletes it can. College athletes are going to be more prone to go take their talent to California knowing if they were to be injured and not be able to play, that it's not all going to be for nothing. At the very least, they can take that money that they receive and use it to keep paying for school so they can at least get the degree Yeah, and, and move on with life. But like my thing is, if you get hurt in college and you play a sport, like I dislocated my shoulder in college five times. Mm-hmm. They tried to get me to have surgery five times and I told them no, which I should have. I have a torn labrum in my right shoulder, and I should have done it, but I didn't do it because I didn't want to do five years. I wanted four years and out. When my four years are up with school, I'm not good in school. When my four years were up, I was done regardless if I played four years, if I got hurt, or what. I broke my thumb my fall my senior year, and I broke it on a Wednesday, and pro day was the following Monday, and mm-hmm. I did pro day. Like, I played pro day with a broken thumb. Jesus. Like, it's... I, I didn't... I didn't not want I didn't not not want to play like mm-hmm. if my shoulder like a shoulder's different like when I dislocated my shoulder the, as soon as it got popped back in or if I would put it back in or someone else would put it back in it was like a week and then I could move it again like it was like a limp arm for a week or you couldn't right. move it it was it hurt so bad but they wanted me to have surgery have surgery we'll pay for it like the university has to pay for it mm-hmm. if you were an athlete and you you're get hurt on there you're covered under their insurance so I mean, to an extent, yeah, like say you have a career-ending injury in college and you can't play again. Like they're going to pay for your surgery and then that rest of that year is covered under whatever scholarship you have. Right, right. So you got to kind of figure shit out moving forward. Or if it's like a career-ending injury, like 
that the school might even just honor your scholarship and pay like let you go the rest of your school year out. I don't know. Right. I was never in that position. I never knew anyone that was in that position. Yeah, I guess, and then it's not a very common thing no. either, you know. Um, and if you're talking like like true true potential, a lot of those dudes they they know they're making it to the league, whatever it may yeah. be, uh, far before like. And they can like redshirt like you can have a, a a redshirt your freshman year, like your so your saw your. True sophomore year would be your red shirt freshman year. Say you tear your ACL, then you get a medical red shirt. So now you're a junior, or now you're a senior, but you're really a red shirt sophomore. Mm. So you you just gain two years of eligibility because you got hurt tw- or you got red shirted your freshman year, and then you got hurt your sophomore year. So then you got red shirted again. Like so, I mean, to me, I don't agree with it because. Right. There's never really, unless you're, God forbid, you get paralyzed or something like that. I mean, that's the only other thing that would, to me, would live up to that. You would need that need money. Need to be honored. Yeah. Correct. And, and you're right. That's, that's, that's probably not happening in no. baseball. You know? So I, I get that for sure. And honestly, that's a lot of money you're forking over to all of your different teams like think about how many how many sports a college has oh yeah dude that's a lot of it's that's insane. a lot of bread you're putting away you're selling alcohol just at every for event a maybe just for a maybe yeah. for something to happen yes you know i get that for sure um you know there's there's obviously college baseball ends um how what was the, what's that feeling like you know you're you're at the end of you're at the end of the road something you've loved, something you've cherished, something you've held on to for your entire life. What's what's that for for the athlete that is? You get you go from traveling all over the country whether we flew or drove a bus like a charter bus like you're every weekend with your boys nonstop just living it up like playing at the sickest places ever. It's like being a rock star. Yeah, like We've played at Texas A&M, Florida State, University of Seattle, I mean, UAB. I mean, it was like we traveled around. We played so many sick places, and you're like literally hotel living. Mm-hmm. You play, you leave Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. You don't get home till Sunday night, like late or Monday. And then Thursday again, you turn around and you leave again. Or right. Wednesday, you leave again. So you're only on campus for two or three days at a time. Like you're literally, like you said, you're living like a rock star. Like you're right. living on the road. Living fast, though, definitely doing things. Uh, we're getting a look at, like, we might need to wrap it up. Thank you for being on the show. Um, <laughs> appreciate you being on, and we'll definitely do this again sometime no, soon. No, absolutely. Alrighty, folks, so there you have it. The interview with Justin Mott, the D1 athlete, Mr. D1 himself. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. Had to cut it a bit short. Like I told you guys, we were on a dinner date uh, in the house. We last minute decided to record that. So just so you guys are aware, um, as far as like quality goes, I know a lot of background noise came in, things like that. So just so you guys know, um, I also wanted to take the time to just thank you guys. Last week, I got a ton of great feedback on the first episode of season two um, for so many different reasons. You guys liked my guest. You liked what she had to bring to the table, the message she had to share. Um, and we both dove really deep into some darker topics towards the end of the show that that it seems like... Uh, 
we put all of our feelings right there on the table and you guys enjoyed that. Um, so I wanted to thank you all for that. Um, and just the constant support week in and week out, um, you know, outside of, of what I do as, as my career, I feel like this is the, the thing I'm most asked about. Um, and that's awesome. You know, I started this to more or less just express myself. Um, and, I didn't even really know if anyone was going to listen. Uh, and, and I've been surprised every week. Uh, the fact that people take time out of their day to listen to this. Um, so that's a huge thing for me. And just stay tuned because, you know, with the guest I had on last week, Reagan, uh, we are very well going to be starting a show together. Um, and if that goes through, you know, the content that we put out is going to be endless. You know, between the two of us putting our heads together figuring everything out. It's going to be amazing. Uh, I also want to let you guys know that although this episode was about only an hour long, I wanted to just tell you that we will be having two episodes this week. So one today and then one probably Friday leading into the Mike Tyson fight. That's definitely something that, that I want to kind of highlight, you know, so the Friday, the day before the fight, you know, go over a few things, discuss um, with a guest, a very, very special guest, who I'm going to have. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to do a double episode. Don't um, don't just think that I'm going to start spamming you guys with two episodes a week only because it's the holiday season. I have the next three days off, which is unheard of. I'm able to do something like this. So I'm definitely excited to bring you guys everything. And I look forward to hearing from you guys on Friday. Let me know what you guys think about the episode. Drop a comment on whatever platform you see this on and let me know what you think. Thank you guys. Have a good, have a good, great Thanksgiving. Don't get fucked up during uh, Black Friday. And I'll see you on Friday. Take it easy, folks.